Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lakers Explained with me, Christian Rivas, and my co-host, Harrison Fagan. Here with you on the eve, or depending on when you're looking, listening to this, the day of the Lakers' first playoff appearance in seven years. Harrison, does it feel like that long, or have, have these seven years just flown by? Christian, it feels like it's been seven years since the season stopped. So, yes, it definitely <laughs> it definitely feels like it's been that long. It has been a long wait. When I, when I started covering this team right after their last playoff exit in 2013, I did not think that I would be waiting until 2020 to cover a playoff team, mostly because I wasn't thinking that far ahead, but also because I was like, eh, whatever. Who needs Dwight? They're probably better without him. Kobe's going to be back better than ever. You know, I was very much a fanboy then, so. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think my worst take from from that time, because as I've mentioned on this pod before, in terms of like the inner machinations of basketball and the league as a whole, because I think I was a pretty big Lakers fan growing up. What I was not knowledgeable was uh, about was the league as a whole. And so I remember uh, before Eric Pincus and I were like mutuals, I was just another one of the fanboys in his mentions. And I remember Jeff Green was available for trade one time. And I was like, okay, well, why don't we just offer Julius Randle for Jeff Green and, and call it a day? <laughs> and this this was far beyond when Jeff Green was still like a valuable asset to anybody. Was that, was that, was there a point where that was true? Where no no no, where no. he was a valuable it was, asset. It came from my mind. <laughs> yeah, the Julius Randle for Jeff Green trade. <laughs> and uh, so, no, yeah. no no no, I just, just meant was there a point in time where Jeff Green was a valuable asset? That was that was a dig uh, at Jeff Green, not at you. <laughs> no no no, but it it does put into context how fresh I was at the time. We've come a long way, both as professionals in our career and as um, I guess people that. Co- cover the Lakers so uh, I'm excited I'm excited to cover a playoff team yeah I'm excited too and normally I I think like the thing here would be to do like a playoff series preview but you know Anthony and Jazz kind of like they took that from us yesterday to be honest I thought it was a little mean I thought it was a little unfair I thought it was a little classless just because like you know, we're supposed to get the playoff preview. We're the pod dropping on the day, whatever. And then they, like, go ahead and, like, a day before, like, you know, do that. So, like, luckily we were able to, I think, scramble and put together a decent show for you guys today. Uh, Christian and I are going to talk about uh, Rajon Rondo's seemingly imminent return. Uh, you know, some would say inevitable or use, like, a more ominous word than that. But we're no, going to talk I think about that. imminent is the, like, proper word because – I think when the initial timetable was announced, everybody was like, okay, well, mid-second round, that makes sense. Um, but judging by Frank Vogel's, like, just general comments from practice today, we could see Rondo back by, like, game two. Yes, but before we talk about that, I just want to say that, like, you know, we are going to talk about this, and then we are going to throw to an interview that I did with uh, Devin Dismang, who edits JaVale McGee's vlogs, which I think have been, like, maybe the be- one of the best looks behind the curtain that I think we've ever had at, like, life on an NBA team, at least, like, in terms of just, like, volume of footage and, like, actual interactions, like, beyond, like, a 10-second Instagram story. So that's been fun to get a look at inside 
outside the bubble. I thought it was a fun conversation that he and I had. And then uh, after that is over, Kristen and I will come back and we we're going to briefly talk about the series and give our predictions. But, uh, you know, one of the things affecting those predictions is that Rajon Rondo playing in game two at this point, like you said, would not be entirely surprising because we didn't think he was going to get cleared by now. He's cleared to resume basketball activities. And they're saying as of right now, when we're recording this, that he's doubtful to play tomorrow, but like Rondo has played in a cast before when he was yeah. with the Celtic, like this is a guy who will play through injury. And so perhaps the fact that he is like trying to play as soon as getting back into the bubble should not have been surprising for us. No, I guess not. And like, it was last, it was just last year where he injured his hand and then came back in light speed. Um, I think he's got a reputation for being a quick healer, which I don't know if that's an actual thing, uh, but it seems to be for him. We're in like the first day of his six week timetable period. Um, the initial timetable was six to eight weeks. We are in the sixth week now, so if, if he is to return by game two, it'll be right at that six-week mark, which is insane. Um, I've made my feelings about Rondo known on this podcast. I think the numbers speak for themselves when he's on the court and when he's off the court. However, there have been times, undoubtedly, during the seeding games where the Lakers have needed that floor general on the court. And I think the hope was that Dion Waiters would kind of step into that role or Alex Caruso, even though it's, you know, been clear in the games prior to that, that he, he just wasn't that guy. Um, Dion Waiters hasn't been that entirely and Alex Caruso hasn't been that at all. Um, so I think the hope for is that he fills those gaps in the times where, where he's, like where they need that leadership. I'm not confident that my hope will be reality though, Harrison. Yeah. I mean, like against all odds, I have somehow become a Rajon Rondo optimist because like, I think the tone on the discussion of him went from like, he is not that helpful of a basketball player to he is an apocalyptic cancer upon the <laughs> franchise. And like, that is going to like destroy the Lakers with his mere presence. Like, which I think is a bridge too far, I would say. And you know, like I, I think Anthony saying that is really mean. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, like he's obviously, if you just look at the numbers, he has not helped the Lakers on the floor this season. Like that's pretty clear. I believe I looked it up this morning. They're like eight points per 100 possessions better that, with him off the floor than they are with him on. Like that paints a very clear picture of what has gone on during Rondo's minutes. I think to some degree we've seen with the Kyle Kuzma resurgence and like a breakout of like how much Rondo was harming him on the court. But like that being said, I think that this team has missed him to a degree as a like chemistry builder in the locker room and as someone just to, like organize those units. Like I think there's a world here and I'm actually curious for your thoughts on this where this can kind of work if there are some adjustments made in the way that he's used and in the lineups that he plays, because he's going to play like we all know he's going to play. You know, like everybody can say like, oh, Frank's going to realize he's not going to play, whatever. Until he does not play, yeah. I won't believe that. And exactly. I think that if you're going to mitigate the bad things that he does and like enhance the positive things that he can bring you, I think you basically have to stagger him with LeBron almost yes. entirely. I think the same thing goes for Kuzma. I think that like 
they should probably consider starting Kuzma if they can. And uh, like basically staggering LeBron and him with Rondo. And then uh, Rondo, I actually think can help AD at times, like in terms of a guy that can get him an entry pass, take advantage of post miss post mismatches uh, in this series. Like that is something that AD should be able to exploit. The Blazers defense around the rim is not good. Like I think that there is a path to Rondo playing some more effective basketball than he did during the season, but I'm just not sure that it's the path the Lakers are going to take for a variety of like locker room and political reasons. Yeah. So the political reasons are the first thing I go back to because I, at practice on Sunday, somebody brought up Rondo's role in that playoff series that the Pelicans played against the Blazers. I think it was two years ago now uh, where they upset them. And Anthony Davis had nothing but good things to say about the role Rondo played in that. And, and um, you know, kind of just buying into playoff Rondo and how he can help the team. So in that respect, I think there's any love lost i think anthony davis absolutely believes that rondo's going to be able to help them uh when the playoffs roll around to your point though beside that fact assuming that doesn't exist at all based on frank vogel alone and and the players they have available nothing about the current situation makes me think vogel is going to find time for rondo when kyle kuzma and lebron james aren't on the court which is a very like a very small gap we're talking about. And look, where like, they're we, not on the court. You mentioned Anthony Davis's love of playing with Rondo and like all of that. Like LeBron loves playing with Rondo. Right. You can cite the advanced numbers at him however much you want. Like you can say, oh no, LeBron knows that Rondo's not good. Like LeBron either does not know that or is willfully ignoring it because like like LeBron wants to play with Rondo. LeBron wanted him back this summer. LeBron enjoy constantly goes out of his way to describe how big Rondo's basketball brain is and I think if we're reading between the lines I think he likes having someone out there that will dictate the offense like you know whether we can all again we can all look at that and say Rondo is not doing an effective job of that but if LeBron likes it and Anthony Davis likes it it kind of doesn't matter and so it's about trying to figure out like the most ways to make him valuable and like everybody wants to hammer Vogel for it this is if Rondo plays this is as much on like AD and LeBron as it is on Vogel like I think that he gets a lot of unfair strays for that when like again I'm not saying it's entirely not his choice like he he might very much value Rondo but even like I will say that even if Frank hated everything about Rondo's game, which I don't think is true, he would still be forced to play him. Yes. The thing with Rondo, though, that is really interesting to me, though, is that so, – so the lineup he's played the most minutes with includes Contavious Caldwell-Pope, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, and Dwight Howard. That lineup has posted a net rating of 13.8 in 145 minutes together. So that's not bad. The question for me is – is Rondo as a positive more valuable to the Lakers in a playoff series than Kyle Kuzma as a positive is? And I think those things are mutually exclusive. Like if Rondo's doing well, Kyle Kuzma is probably going to suffer as a result. Unless they're staggered entirely, which I don't think yes. that we can rely. I, I just don't think that without starting Kuzma, there's even a reasonable way or starting Rondo. Uh, there's even like <laughs> a reasonable way to make that happen. Which I, you know, I Look, I'm not going to lie not... and say, I'm not going to come out here and say, and guarantee that Rondo starts zero playoff games. I yeah. think we are like, like if the Lakers, like, let's say they have like a hiccup against the Blazers or like maybe in a later round or whatever, like, 
Rajon Rondo Lakers playoff starter, it, it like it's not off the table. I, yeah. I'm just saying, people. I think if KCP has a bad game against the Blazers or you know if the Nuggets advance um, Jamal Murray, I think logically the next person on that list is probably Alex Caruso. When you just look at the metrics. In every, in that locker room, I feel like Rondo's the next man up, and that worries me. How much do you think Lakers Twitter is going to lose it if Alex Caruso Ugh. gets a DNP CD at some point and Rondo plays like 15 to 20 minutes? It won't be good. Yeah. I think – but honestly, I think what's more likely is Caruso does play, uh, but the start – the backcourt off of the bench is going to be Rondo and Dion Waiters, and that is going to break me. Those two together is, is going to be awful. So. Yeah, I cannot see that working. But look, like, you know, I, I've been wrong before. And I think that we can all hope that I'm wrong about almost everything that I said in this segment again. Yeah. Um, Harrison, if you don't mind, I, I think now would be a good time to throw to that interview right now when we get back from the break. All right, so I am now here joined by the, um, you know, I don't know if you would describe yourself this way, but I will call you the mastermind behind JaVale McGee's Bubble Vlogs, uh, Devin Dismang. And uh, Devin, I'm really excited to have you on today and talk about like this because I think like, you know, the usually it's interesting, NBA content in 2020 or at least like in 2019 mm -hmm. was in a place where I feel like, like there was so much coverage of like everything that these guys do, reporters, almost always have a camera phone on them if they're you know on the court there are a million right. cameras capturing every little reaction to everything everything becomes a meme and then all of a sudden in the bubble there's like just less video in general I think on these guys than ever and so I feel like these like bubble vlogs that like especially like JaVale who was one of the first to really get it going um yeah. have been our best like window into like all this that's going on. And so like, I'm excited to talk to you about the behind the scenes process on that today. And uh, just thank you for jumping on. Hey man, thank you first and foremost for having me. Um, and second point, I don't, I don't know if I'm a so-called mastermind. I think that I have a great, <laughs> a great hand into it, but I think it's I, I figured if I filibustered for long enough, you would forget to like, you would forget <laughs> to like, like uh, push back against that and I could just get away with it. Um, no, but seriously. So like, I, you know, I think the, the vlogs have been awesome. And I, I think that it gives us, especially like with a player doing the camera, we just get yeah. a different look at these guys than we would, you know, even if it's a media, like, or a team employee, like aiming a camera at them or whatever and just like right. so you know I think it's an awesome idea and so I was just curious for you like if you could take me through like how did this thing start because I think you've been working with JaVale for a while but this is the first yeah. time that he's like actually done you know first person narrated content really like this since joining the Lakers so like where did the idea for this come from when did you two start working together just take me through the whole story leading up to this yeah well let's take it back I mean uh, I met JaVale back in what was that 20 I want to say it was at 2017, uh, whatever that was, he came to Golden State um, on that training camp invite and then made the team. And I was at Golden State working as uh, their um, manager of production and lead coordinating producer uh, to where I was in charge of doing all athlete uh, interviews, content creation, all that type of stuff where you would see uh, on the Warriors YouTube page, social media, um, conjunction or TV, all that stuff. But I was kind of the player liaison to do all those types of interviews because guys were probably with me. So, Javel throughout the year, him and I built the relationship because he was really the only player at the time who was locked in on making content, right? We know his personality. We know how much 
Um, he enjoys being on camera and having a good time. But um, he was he he always took it up, and I was like, he always thought about like different camera angles, and he would send me things he wanted to look at. And it was interesting that a player in the league at the time was thinking about this. Um, even then, and I know he teamed up with Kevin Durant at the time, and they started doing the Parking Lot Chronicle series that you yeah. can see on his page or Katie's page. Um, and that was kind of the first glimpse of what I've always seen um, that the world really got to see of him, which was great. Which is that he's a he's one of those guys who's able to bring out player personalities on camera without it feeling too forced, like you know, general media and and, and that type of vibe. And he also, um, I think, uh, sorry to cut you off, but just something that I've noticed, he just seems so much more comfortable doing something like this than he does, like, just talking to us, which, like, understandably so. He's had, like, I think, I, honestly, I think, like, you know, especially, like, the Shaq and the Fool stuff, you don't have to talk about that, but I right. feel like he was done dirty in a lot of ways by the media, and yes. so his distrust of that and, like, kind of, you know, tightening up a little bit around like media is understandable to me, but I also think that it's been cool for people to get to see, you know, more of the fun side of his personality, like, yeah. I, you know, and that kind of thing. It's, it's crazy you say all that because that's, that if you fast forward, that's kind of where my whole mindset is now because the reason I decided, uh, you know, when, when I, mean Warriors part of ways, like my whole goal was I had seen how they had treated certain guys, um, in their last stretch, like let's take KD for instance, and how, from an external standpoint, everyone would blame every loss, every issue that yeah. was going on, Golden State with Kevin Durant, and even internally, I would hear people in, internally talk about it, and I'm like, guys, this is not like I can't believe you guys are talking about another person this way, yeah. um, and it was unbelievable. And me being being black myself, like seeing other people who are majority white talk about a black athlete in a certain way. Like it really started to rub me the wrong way. So when I when I decided like this this just wasn't for me anymore, I kind of uh, decided that I want to tell these athletes stories um, with their voice, their way, on their channels, and part of my language would cut the bullshit um, because there's so many ways. And you brought up Shaqton, you brought up the media. Like certain parts of stories get omitted so that the story can be better for whomever's writing it. Um, and the biggest thing I tell the athletes, and I was starting to talk to athletes about, is why aren't you writing your own stories? Why aren't you telling your own stories? Um, and a lot of them were just, just like, I don't know how. Yeah. I've never been taught how to do that. So I mean, it's like everybody knows how to tell. Like it's, It seems like it's so easy, but to make it in a compelling way is not always easy. Like some people are naturally really great storytellers, but like, you know, to put together a video or something like this or any of this stuff, like not everybody has the skill. Like it's easy to say that, but, right. or like say like via Twitter, they can get out there, but it's not the same thing, you know? And so I, I completely agree with you on that. And on top of that, like, Video, video production in there, storytelling, all that stuff comes across as super intimidating to someone who's never done it before. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine when you started to do a podcast and you were like, I don't know where to start. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, did the, I did the same thing picking up a camera. I'm like, this has so many buttons. Like, this isn't just a point and shoot iPhone. Like, this is really like, you got to learn it, but it's just like everything. And then like when you open up the editing software too, it's like, like for anything, for podcasts, for video, whatever, there's like a million different windows and it's like, yes. it's terrifying until you know what you're doing. It's terrifying. And you're like, you're intimidated because there's terminology you've probably never heard of, especially if you yeah. were on school for this, right? Like I'm very, I'm self-taught. Um, like a lot of other people I work with because I didn't want, I went to school just to become like a GM or anything like that to where I could work with athletes to get them better contracts and all these things. And then I was like, mm, this is this is this is too much. I don't really want to do that. It's very corporate. It's just not my vibe. So let me try this. This is a different way to tell their stories. Um, but bringing it back, bringing it back to Javale and how that kind of went. So after that part of ways, I think the last, 
August, I sat with one of his business managers um, in LA. Um, I went to LA for like a month. And just was doing meetings with people trying to figure out, uh, kind of like tell like my, my vision for everything. And he was really the first one. I was like, hey, I want to do this. Like I've been talking about doing this for years. Um, I've seen other like actors and people do that. Like I want to be one of the sports, first sports people to do it. I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, like, let's talk about it. And, you know, later that month, we, he signed on with me and we started making just like smaller social media videos, right? Like the mashups of like Caruso, Duncan, all white men can't jump. And yeah, I was going to say, I, you can, I thought that was you. I just wasn't a hundred percent sure. But yeah, the, so the videos that he was posting after games and stuff when there were like, like right after games, yeah. those mo Yeah, no, he was, it was, he was, he was quicker with it than I think I was with my game stories sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was you editing those then. Right. So yeah, I would be at the game. If I was in town, I'd be at the game to catch those things. And um, editing as much as I could to get to tell his story and his voice, his way, again, similar to what I said earlier, um, but in that comedic fashion. Because again, he might not have the best game, but he's cool with all the teammates. He always wanted to highlight someone who had a great game, especially a guy like AC who was close with and headband gang, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like Coos, fellow Funstone, things of these, these, these are stories within the athlete that a lot of people kind of know about but don't get to see it showcased as much. So um, whenever those guys had a big game, it was like he had a big game um, and we wanted to showcase that. So social media was kind of the first thing that really started the whole thing. So from, I would say what, October till March, we were doing strictly kind of like social media type content, whether it was photos, um, we did some video gaming stuff right at, right after COVID hit. But um, it was, it was, it, it was a good start. Um, but we always had this vision of like, Hey, we need to get back to YouTube. We need to get back to these storytelling pieces. We need to get to um, a place to where your voice is being told more and more, is being heard more and more versus what's going on with season. And at the time, you know, Lakers were balling. Um, and then lo and behold, March, what was it? 13th, something like that. March 12th. Or yeah. That it was Brooklyn game. somewhere around there. March sadness. Yeah. March great trademark it right now if someone has it um, i'm sure somebody has already used that like a, you know back when the tournament was canceled but i oh, wish i could claim that i was like the first genius to come up with that but yes well you're a genius to me because that's the first time I'm, <laughs> right, so I'm, gonna let it, I'm gonna let it ride um so i'm at that game i'm shooting the game with him and the next day uh is the day like the whole Rudy Gobert thing comes out, that game gets canceled. I'm at dinner with a buddy, and I get a call from him. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm supposed to fly back to Chicago where I stay like two days later. He's like, hey, uh, me and my sister are going to go hang out for a bit. Can you come with us? We want to film it. I'm like, all right, so we're in the car uh, talking. He's like, well, I want to start let's start doing the storytelling stuff because, you know, they're canceling. They're, they're stopping the season. Oh, that's I'm crazy. Like, I'm like, go there, what? I was like, I seen it said like postponed or suspended. They're like, no, no, no. Like we just all get like, they're not, the season is being, they're, they're halting it for right now. We don't know what really is going on. We're just like, they're just like, Hey, stay, just be, be ready to hear information. Like they were fine. They were finding stuff out almost at the same time as the rest of the world. Was. Like it was, it was so crazy. Cause no one know how to handle it. Yeah. Like, I mean, with something like that, it's That's one of the rare times where I feel like the public is almost getting it as soon as the NBA is because the NBA yeah. is having to react like instantly. They aren't getting to think about like their plan or no, whatever. I mean, they're seeing tweets just as fast as we're seeing tweets. Yeah. Right. So they're like, what is this? Do you know what this is? Like at that point, it's not like, I love how everyone has a stigma of like, the end like people like athletes have an inside look to everything like half the time they really don't like they're finding it out the same way you're finding out general information 
Yeah. <laughs> There's no one. They, they follow Woj too, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're getting the bombs just like you are. Yeah. Um, so we went to, I think it was like two bit circus and we actually had that YouTube video up now where him and his sister just mess around playing games, but we were sitting there uh, talking about, it. he's like, we should do more YouTube stuff. I'm like, all right, well right now we need to figure out what's going on with COVID <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So I flew back to Chicago and then that's when all the travel bans started happening and, and like the regulations, like no one really knew what to do. And I remember he had asthma. So I was also now nervous. I'm like, I don't want to fly to you. Yeah. Um, be content and be potentially a carrier. You, I think you have, everyone was nervous at that point, like for him. I think he was probably less nervous than like, uh, you know, he was le- at least uh, like when he would talk or do interviews, he sounded less nervous than the people in my mentions anytime I mentioned his name. It's like yeah, somebody people that's were, been a player. People yeah. were very concerned and I know that he was he was grateful for that. Uh, yeah. At the same time, he's he's a doer. He likes being, he likes going yeah. to the gym. He likes going out and seeing people. He likes, you know, being, being out in the, in the world because that's that's just what his day-to-day life is he hates sitting around he loves being active that's why he has so many outlets right he has a music outlet the youtube outlet um the entrepreneur like he does all these things because he is always running mile a minute um so now the world's literally telling him and everyone else hey you need to stop like we have to figure this out you are shut down so it it, everything kind of took a turn like what do you want to do and we thought about vlogging during like the hiatus um but we, we ultimately decided not to do that just because we didn't know, again, what was going on. So we didn't want to say anything that, that could have came out in the wrong way or yeah. like do something that could have got him in trouble or anything like that. So we, he ended up getting a, we did like a Facebook gaming uh, situation where he was gaming with them uh, through Call of Duty and streaming it, um, which was really the first way he was able to go one-to-one to the fan directly and like showcase his other hobby, which was playing Call of Duty during yeah. the quarantine period. Um, what's that developed content and things of that nature so all these content ideas stem together to where now we know the bubble's coming now we have a date all this is happening and the day before he's leaving and I'm, I'm saying I believe it is literally the day before because he calls me on FaceTime and we're packing up his gaming stuff with like a laundry list of like hey I need you to pack all this so we can make sure you can still game in the bubble because you're going to be stuck in a hotel room on top of just basketball activities like you're going to yeah. be bored more than you just were so he's packing these things up and he has his camera gear um, there and it's, it's stuff we've used before, but we haven't really used it in the meantime. And he was like, do you think I should bring the camera to uh, bring the camera to Orlando? And I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, what, like, what else do we have to do? Like, let's, why don't you try doing the vlog, man? Like, I'm not able to be able to shoot. I know the Lakers are sending one person. I know there's going to be limited media access, similar to what you said earlier, like, the only way you're going to be able to tell any story around the bubble is if you tell it and then I'm yeah. just being able to stitch it together on the back end. Um, so then I kind of sat when he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I sat like for a day while he's packing. I'm like, all right, here's like a laundry list of things for you to do today. And I'm going to hit you with stuff later on what we can do while inside the bubble. But for now, this is what we do. And that's the first episode you saw where he's saying goodbye. That's what I was like. The biggest focus I want you to showcase you saying goodbye to your family. Um, because I think a lot of people just underestimate how much guys are sacrificing to play a sport to entertain the world right now. Yeah. Um, while other people are like, yeah, no, it's, like, it's easy to say like, oh, they're making a million dollars. Oh, they're going to be safe. Whatever. Like leaving your family is not a small thing. Like those are pluses of like getting to go do it, you know, but like there are drawbacks. Like this is, it doesn't matter how much money you make. You still miss your kid. Like it's a job. It's yeah. a job. I told uh, the analogy I said to him, uh, was too it was like I, it was like when I see people who leave for like military leave 
and like people are going for overseas for the first time or when people are like literally turning themselves in to do a bid and it's like i'm gonna see you in 90 days i can't wait like just just to stay here for me like it was a crazy feeling that guys were like kissing their their kids and their wives and girlfriends and stuff like that to say goodbye to them i'm like you're just gonna go play basketball yeah and so seeing this i was like we have to get this out like this is crazy and then it's the first day you see the buses the quarantine process the first coat how the covid tests are different versus the general public yeah um the accommodations you know all these things of how they've made this bubble experience crazy and i'm like we got to put this out um so I, I think i stayed up for like a full day to like crank this thing out uh because yeah it, it was like it was what like probably the second day they were there i think the first yeah. one dropped or something like that yeah. like it was early on like they, it was him and matisse i don't know who went first but like matisse, they were... i'll i will give i will give matisse his 13 hours of being earlier i'm not salty about it at all as you can hear about it in my voice hey no look um, look he had <laughs> hey he had the advantage of he just he edited himself so and you know and, like and he got he doesn't have other clients earlier. you know like we we gotta we gotta cut you some slack on this one uh no i, I think what the i think the overlying thing is he got the i believe the sixers got there early yeah they he did get there like earlier earlier so he had all he had a day probably a day and a half of just because again, by the time Joel was shooting, he was already editing. I'm like, all right, he's ahead of the game. And I wish, I'm glad Matisse did it because what I love about Matisse's vlog, and I know we kind of said on topic versus Joel's vlog, is the two different outlooks. Yeah. You have a rookie on an East team who's really just having fun and trying to like understand the NBA world versus a veteran who's established himself, has a family, has big sponsors, has this all star teammates, whatever it is. But they both work well together because JaVale couldn't say it, do the story the same way Matisse does, and Matisse couldn't do the same way JaVale does. No, exactly. Um, and, like, there's a there's an innocence to his of, like, like an aw shucks. Like, you know, when he's getting bullied by Kyle O'Quinn, like, like exactly. that's not going to happen to JaVale. He's a vet. Like, they, you get these different looks at, like, what being inside a team is like. Even though, you know, they're two different teams, but they're also two very different situations. And I, I do think they pair incredibly well. Like, th- at some point, Netflix is going to get all of these together. Like, some streaming service will, like, figure out a way to make deals with all of you guys and uh like you know put them all together is like the you know like the 30 for 30 of the bubble essentially like (laughs) i would we would love to see it we would love to see if that happened because i couldn't believe um just how much people loved them like we like i knew it would be decent i didn't think it would we didn't think it would go as crazy as it did right away well, it's because people are, it's like we were talking about, people are starved for this right now. Like they're used mm-hmm. to getting a certain amount and like, and then it's been, not, not to mention, it's been gone for four months. And so right. they're wondering like what these guys are up to, how everything's going and whatever. And so all of a sudden you're getting this inside look from the team. Like we, people just don't get that. It's more than like you normally get as far as, so, but like, you know, aside from that like I, I was curious so like you we mentioned like mm-hmm. matisse edits his like his own like you obviously right. are here because you edit javel's like what is that yeah. process like like how many hours of footage are you cutting down yeah. and like what are you doing to get this out and then also it's like a side question like have you asked him to purchase a steady cam at any point like is that in the in the budget <laughs> so uh the process well for one we we laugh about the steady cam idea because i always think it's funny as hell um 
but but no i i love his i love his raw style and every time i'm like hey just study your hand just a little bit more bro just a little bit more <laughs> but you gotta remember his hands are huge like he's no his hands- with that way like no i have i'm a taller guy i'm not javel's height but i'm a taller guy and like i know that for me to hold the camera steady like i have to basically get it into my chest because the longer your arms are the harder it is to kind of like it sounds like it's something that's easy but it's not easy when yeah. like every little movement makes the camera jar and like yeah so like at his height that's that's not his fault. I it's so it's so funny because I, I love reading the comments. They're like, "Man, dude, just just keep your hands still." I'm like, "Oh, that, if you had his hand size and that camera, I guarantee you would you would have the same struggles." <laughs> um, but the overall process is very simple. So I do this I, I do this thing where he films and he films about um, what I ask. I ask for about twenty to thirty clips um, of almost a day, and say like, "Hey." here's a Dropbox folder, drop those in there, and then I'll, I'll download everything. And from there, it's my job to really just piece together a story. I don't go in saying, hey, I need you to go ask guys certain questions or go show us what this room likes. Like there's times where I do say those things um, to where like, he's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what we should do today. And I'll, I'll watch the news cycle, right? And I'll be like, oh, yeah. so-and-so was talking about this. Like, go check this place out. Or, you know, I'll research the place. Like, hey, this has this, this at your hotel. You should try this out. But a lot of it's him. Like, a lot of it's just him walking around the camera, hanging out with the players and guys actually bringing ideas to him. And then he'll hit me like, what do you think? I'm like, great idea. Run with it. Like, don't don't overthink this whole thing. You're This is the overall experience. I want this to be raw. I want this to be a true behind-the-scenes feeling while also having this exclusivity. You talked about people starving for this content. People were starving for anything basketball. Um and then you go from this to now we have the bubble and in between games starting to, to the, uh, to uh, guys find out there was really, there was really nothing. So now we have a look into what guys are doing on a day-to-day basis and, and getting the glimpse of your favorite players, your favorite teams as they prepare for, you know, a legendary season that no one's ever seen. And again, the limitation of the cameras, I always compare it to like when you try to go to a club and you're not on the list like that's what the bubble is right now. Like it's yeah. the most exclusive club. Literally, in the world. probably the most exclusive club in the world right now. Like Man. as far as like the amount of like the qualifications or like special like you know qualities that you have to have to be someone where they're like, all right, we will take in an extra person for this that's right it. now. Like and, and yeah, it's one of those things. Like you know, now that people are leaving, I believe they're going to start letting people come out the second round. Is what I was yeah. reading. And um, you know, now we're getting to the point where like I wonder how that's going to go when more people come in because that's another element that we haven't seen within the bubble. Um, but yeah, it's, it's literally the most exclusive club <laughs> and getting any glimpse of whatever it is, how the courts are in there, how, how are they doing the training stuff? How are got what are the guys rooms look like? How are they doing this? Why are they being shipped all these things? Did anyone forget anything? Like all these small things that are might be minuscule to them. Um, is just fascinating, right? Like two of the episodes, I believe we really showcased him eating his food for like a four minute period and all in the comments were like, look his, at the food he's His eating. reactions to the food have been some of the funniest things. Like, the, one of my personal favorite moments of, like, all of these was when he was opening up, and I think he was looking for his vegan lunch in one of the fridges or something, and he, like, I don't even know how it fell. Like, it looked like he had it, and then it just, oh, like, dropped yeah. out and fell down. <laughs> and then it just seemed like he was just straight up going to steal J.R. Smith's lunch. And I honestly wish that you hadn't left in that he phone called J.R. Smith to ask if it was okay, because that would have been so much funnier if he had just stolen jr's lunch and we were left to wonder it's like well did jr get to eat like did he just, <laughs> is he just out of luck now 
<laughs> you know, we we I had the I had the uh, thought of doing that actually, which was funny you brought that up. I was like, do I have to take this out because this would be hilarious? But I also didn't want to come across that he was just stealing Jr. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's always, gonna have you. He's like, why is the NBA that like investigating me now for stealing yeah, Jr. Smith's it, lunch? So, like, so it was it that would have been the lamest so. snitch call line, a snitch line call ever. But uh, <laughs> they probably they've already probably had so many of those lame snitch calls. Oh, I'm I sure think, that's happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bad, oh my God, when the bag broke, I remember watching that and laughing. Like there's times I'll get the footage and I'm laughing just as much as you guys are because it's just like, how the hell did that happen? And of course, like, and he said it, it's, I wish, I wish I had that recorded of this conversation. He says something times like, bro, I swear this stuff happens to me. And it's only when I'm like around camera or anything like that. Like it always happens. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, but that makes for a great TV, I guess. So, and then we made it part of the trailer, and people are like, dude, what? Like, how is this his luck? Um, so, like, how is like how is that? I guess is that just kind of your process in terms of cutting it? Is it the stuff that kind of just makes you laugh or makes you say like? Because I'm sure that you're getting like if these things are what like on average probably 10, 12 minutes. Like, I'm sure if you're yeah. saying he's sending you 30 clips, it's probably at least a couple hours of footage. So, is it basically yeah. just like what makes you laugh or what makes you like? How does how do you determine then like what is actually going into these a combination of all that I mean, my biggest thing is i want to make sure there's a story i don't want yeah. to just do like a uh, a video where there's no like outlying story to it to where it's just like a bunch of um just a bunch of clips matched together that has no cadence um the goal is to tell like hey did you wake up did you go to practice did you go to lunch the bait and the main things and if it's those things that happen within those pockets i'll piece those together right like Right now, I've seen a huge, a huge popularity in the training room with Stacy and Nina. Yeah. Um, no, and- uh, my so my fiance at the time, now wife, um, she just put together a clip basically on Twitter of like basically all the best moments of Javale annoying Stacy and their back and forth, and that's I also have been. I to see I that. It's been, it's, I'll send it to you after this is done, but she put a roundup together of just like, Stacy is not here for JaVale shit today, uh, essentially. And she's been honestly probably the breakout star of this whole thing. Like I had never interacted with her, even as someone who covers the team. Like I will admit that. And like, she's hilarious. Like just in turn, and that's another one of these things that you would not get a mm-hmm. look at probably if it was not JaVale shooting it. Right. I mean, how often do the media or the public get to see the training staff, right? Do we Almost see- never do we see those things that where there's so many people that work behind the scenes with teams, right? Like you guys obviously work alongside Allison and, and that whole pro, uh, media relations team. But after that, like you see the head coach, the assistant coaches, that's really it. Like there's not yeah. much you, and you don't really know them on a personal level. Um, yeah, it's like if you you're around games, you yeah. meet, uh, you, you know, you get to know some other people, but it's like those people usually are not also characters in like the stories that you're writing day to day or whatever. Like they're people, you know, they're like work colleagues, but they aren't generally mm-hmm. like, you know, they aren't the stars of content like this in this way, just because that's not something like that's not a story that I can tell, you know, exactly. like that, that's or something that only JaVale can do. Exactly. So it's so funny because I never, I never set out to, I guess, make they see your meeting or start it was just their personalities carried and it yeah I always included it because the one reason i include is just how much shit stacy gives javelle it's just hilarious yes um she's not it, afraid it like some people yeah. like some people with teams like you know they try to be really nice like understandably really nice all the time to play like she is not afraid to give it back and i respect that so much Oh, I love it. I love it. So we, we love reading the comments of people shouting out Stacy and I come here to see what Stacy's at. Like, it's so yeah. funny. So well, he'll FaceTime me or we'll, we'll have conversations. He's in the training room getting work. And every time I see her, I'm like, Stacy, you are a star. 
So like he makes sure now anytime he films her, he's like, there she is, YouTube star Stacy. She's, like, <laughs> she's like, turn the camera off, please. Like I can't like stop. But it's all it's all authentic. Like she's not playing towards the camera. Like she's just like, this is too early. Like yeah. it's, it's it's so it's so funny and genuine, which is has made it all even more fun. So like those are the moments I make sure to put in because I know people are looking for that. I know people are looking for those those type of clips and, and obviously the stuff with the team, right? You want to see the team, the most allured team in the world, the Los Angeles Lakers. This is the biggest NBA name in the world. And obviously you have the biggest player in the world with LeBron James on there. So people want to see not just DeVille, not just the antics, not just behind the scenes. They just want to see basketball stuff too. Yeah. So how do you combine all that into a nice little um, mixing pot for a viewer? And, and then that's, that's kind of what I do on a day to day. And sometimes it takes, as quickly as eight hours to put something together, something takes two days, depending on if like there's a there's shoots in between that. You know, I want to get game footage, right? Like who's at the buzzer beater? I'm waiting to do one with all that kind of stuff in there, and and all these things. And you just want to make sure the story is is digestible enough for the common fan, the general fan, and a super fan all at once, who then want to become a subscriber and come back for whatever more stories Javelle is telling. No, I mean, I can speak to that. So like, I would have had, like, even if these were horrible, which they're not, but if they were, I would have had to continue (laughs) to watch them because it's my, like my job to keep up with what's going on with this team and whatever. Like my, uh, but like my, my wife, like she is like, she's a Laker fan. Like she'll sit and watch games with me and stuff like that, but she's not like a diehard. Now it's like, she gets a notification that like JaVale or Matisse or whoever like dropped a new block. Like this is like her window in and like how almost she's become a basketball fan and so I think it is like a way to make it engaging not even just for like the X's and O's diehards who live with and die with every single aspect of the team but also like people who might be a little bit more of a casual fan this gives you a window into these people's personalities but like that you wouldn't get otherwise but like with that said like I am curious so like you know obviously you're someone mm-hmm. who worked for a team like you, you've been yeah. you've been working with athletes for a while and telling these stories with like respect to them for a while but I guess like in an environment like this where he's the one filming and he's sending you like obviously you want to tell like as cool of a story as possible but all like what is the process like in terms of collaborating with him just to make sure that like you're also respecting the team's privacy you're respecting his teammates privacy the staffers privacy and all that stuff like like and just mm-hmm. making sure that you're not like i don't know stepping on toes or like however you right. want to phrase it yeah um big big thing that we to collaborate on is if i see something in a clip that I'm not sure about, I said it to him. Hey, yeah. what do you think about this? Is this something that we should run, not run? Um, one thing I do try to do the best is obviously mute out as much cussing or things like that, just due to YouTube's algorithm and things of that nature. Um, scary again, we just know kids are seeing it too, so we're trying to be respectful. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then another thing is like we know, like if guys aren't feeling it, he just he knows like, hey, I'm not filming it today. I'm not filming today. Yeah. And it's just, I'll get a text or a call like, hey, I actually want to film today. I'm like, all right, cool, that's great. Like, I'm not tripping. Yeah, I know whole, he said that, like, on game days, he doesn't even want to film just because, like, he everybody's trying to stay locked in. He doesn't want to mess with, yeah. like, anyone else's routine, whatever. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole goal of the vlog is to be complimentary, not a distraction. Yeah. Um, and that is that has been our goal since day one of any of his content. Um, we want these to complement his brand, his voice, his person. But at the same time, their mission is to win an NBA championship. So I don't – we don't ever want this to feel like it's getting in the way of an NBA championship or it's coming across as a distraction towards one. Um, so like game days and things like that, yeah, we've kept those a bit uh, off them to so, but I've, I've found ways to supplement that on the back end, whether it was collaborating with Lakers or people that I know down in Orlando to kind of send me behind the scenes stuff um, so that it's not coming from him, which is great. 
Um, no, I know. I can tell Rohan's been helping you out a little yeah. bit with some of those uh, with some of those clips and stuff like yeah, that. We're all seeing him in frame when Javale's filming, and then all of a sudden we get like a beautiful, steady shot, like perfectly framed, whatever. And I'm like, oh, Rohan helped him out on this one. Yeah, shout out to my guy Rohan, man. He's been holding it down for me um, down there. I truly appreciate him and the Lakers uh, video staff for for really collaborating with us on this and allowing us to um, use what they can do. Because um, again, they shoot so much, and sometimes they're like, we don't use it. Like you guys are more yeah. open to use it as well so it's been a, it's been a huge help um but yeah we i mean the just we just want to we were respectful but then also on my end like again i work for a team as you mentioned i work for several teams whether it's yeah. NBA, uh nfl mls wnba like i know what certain things can be said and can be public and what can't be public um and i i have an eye for that i have an ear for that like i just know just because i've been there right i was with the Golden state warriors for six years during their golden years quote unquote like people like to call them, I guess. And, you know, when everything was going down with their big, their big four, essentially, uh, you know, what, what videos can we put out? What yeah. Also dramatic I, years. So like, these are things where you have to like be aware of that and whatever. Right. So I know, I know the best, the best stuff to put in. And I know the worst stuff not to put in because at any point we, I know what the audience is going to take from this video and then trade into it. Right. Like there, there could be, there could be crazy things that I'm like, ah, I know what we're just going to, we're just gonna put that to the side. That's not gonna be, that's not gonna make the cut. But if there's a funny moment. You got LeBron James in his Taco Tuesday yell. We're gonna throw that in there because we know people are gonna go crazy for it. We know yeah. it's gonna blow up. Like you gotta do it. Um, well, so LeBron, it, I was gonna ask about that. Like LeBron, you know, it's been noticeable that he's not in a lot. So like I think yeah. there, I have two theories on this. Like one of them is, you know, <laughs> LeBron has had cameras on him since he was like what like 14 years old probably so like I think maybe like uh, my one theory is maybe JaVale's trying to respect his privacy a little bit the other one is uh do you guys just not have the CGI budget to like fix his hairline is that like was that the problem or <laughs> um I don't have any CGI budget so I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um and I'm hoping the barbers I feel like the barbers are later on taking care of all that for us and and then for um him just his like his rare appearances and things like that. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do just respecting guys' boundaries, right? Um, LeBron is a vet. I think a lot of the vlog we use it for is to introduce the characters you really don't know, or the guys you don't really see much interaction with. Because the media is going to cover LeBron twenty four seven, yeah, three six days a year, including leap year. So, um, like it's it's. Like, that was probably the longest Talon Horton Tucker has been on video for, an, like, for a singular amount of time that since he's been with the Lakers, like, I would honestly imagine, outside of games, obviously. Right, and and we knew, like, getting guys like Devontae and, and, and Costas and obviously the Quinn Cooks, the, the Dannys, the Jared Dudleys, like, these guys who you know their names, but you have not really heard their voices um, in the interim amount of time just because everyone wants to know what LeBron's doing, what, what uh, AD's doing, maybe – even a little bit of coups, right? You get some coups now and then just because you want to know that. But everyone's respecting guys' privacy and, and just making sure, like, hey, if you don't want to be a part of it, we, we, we understand that. Um, or if there's just a rough day. Now, we've, we, the best part about this whole thing is all the guys have really bought into it and have really been a part of it in some way. Obviously, more than others, right? We got Danny Green to do an entire takeover. We're hoping. No, it seemed like early on, like guys were like, I think they didn't know how to react to it, and then I think they saw the reaction to it, and they're like, okay, like I gotta jump in on this. Like, how do I, like, you know, become like the next viral moment in the next one of these? Like, you can almost see them like start to, as they go on, start to play to the camera a little bit more, and like they're they're just more into it. Clearly, 
it's also a hesitation thing, right? Like, again, you mentioned LeBron that having cameras in his face since he was 14. I equate everything to, like, us growing up as kids, you have picture day, and you need to look the best on camera at all times yeah. at, at that one day because if you don't, that photo is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> so, so the one time now you have a teammate walking around with a camera recording stuff, you're like, dude, like, what is he going to do with my life now? Just, you know, yeah, like, I don't want to be a meme tomorrow, like, in, in a bad way, basically. Like, right? Like, we had Caruso make, make the entanglement line, and I was like, I'm putting that in there. You think it's going to be a problem? They're like, no, he's all about it. I'm like, all right, cool, great. So I'm going to make a little <laughs> no, meme about he it. He has a very dry sense of humor. I very much enjoy Alex. He, he's yes, funny. love his humor. So that, that, that kind of ties into just how we got a lot of the guys and a lot of staff in general to, to be a part of this. Because, again, this is – the goal is to not make this a distraction. I've said it before. It's just to make it a complimentary thing towards a season, towards a championship run, and a fun way to enjoy the season. Um, we just – we all just went through a hell, hell of a couple of months um, and it's only what August. Yeah, we've lived twelve years in in eight months, dude. And there's like, like no end in sight, which is like the most dispirited. But yeah, I don't like, I don't want to bring this podcast down too much. But yeah, I right. mean it's it's a dose of fun. Like it's a do it's 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 a dose of it's it's a way to I don't want to use it as a distraction because I kind of but it's a way to just find some positivity in because it's kind of a dark situation. Yeah, um, and it's it it's great that a lot of the guys are, are using it as that platform and using it as that way to do that. It's, it's been fun to see. And I think it, hopefully it, it gets athletes, not just on the Lakers, but all over the league and, and other leagues to understand that like creating your own content, using your voice in the way that that's really authentic to you is, is uh, the way to go, especially in the times we're, we're heading towards now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, and I mean, like, I'll let it slide that you're basically trying to put me out of a job. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking that too. When I said no, it, no, in all seriousness, I, I think that they complement each other well. Like, I don't, like, yes. I don't think that, like, stuff like the Players Tribune, stuff like this, like, that doesn't worry me because, like, the, the stories that I tell or the stories that I write or the podcasts that I do or whatever are just, it's just different. Like, it fulfills a different need for a different audience sometimes, or sometimes there's overlap or whatever. They're just two different things. Like, it's not necessarily like one is replacing the other. Or, or whatever like I think that they can complement each other in a lot exactly. of ways you know and so like I, you know it, it doesn't intimidate me at all he said completely sincerely um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it with all of that stuff in mind about like you know having to like respect the team's privacy and all that stuff like what's your favorite thing that you can talk about like the, like if, if anything that's gotten left on the cutting room floor that you haven't been able to work in yet is there anything that like jumps to mind that like you know ah, like I wish we could have worked this in but this episode was crammed or something like that um that's a great question i'm trying to think uh the answer can be no if there's nothing yeah i don't i don't the thing is i don't leave a lot on the cutting room floor which is interesting like ironically a lot of stuff that we leave on the cutting room floor is like the transitions of javel picking this camera up and down so all the shaky stuff so yeah it's really a lot of it, but I don't think there's stuff that we haven't put out yet that I'll, I probably won't talk about. Yeah, that's that I'm totally. really excited about. Um, and you know, it's I know it's stuff that's going to go crazy, and I can't wait to put it out. It's just one of those things of making sure the timing is right. Obviously, heading into the postseason um, and things of that nature. But I want to those 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 are the ones that I'm like I can't wait for people to see because we tried some different things. Um, and it, it gives a different little vision to it, right? Like you've seen the evolution of the vlog from day one to now, right? Like I've added an intro video. We yeah. use you use all of 
uh, Javel's own music that he's produced. Or Which again, I'm going to like, uh, you know, uh, not to just keep bringing her up, but like my wife now has that song on one of her playlists, the intro song, and like never would have found it otherwise. Like, uh, you know, it knew he made music, but like not looked it up. But you know, the, the intro song's pretty good. I hadn't heard that one before, honestly. His whole, it was crazy. So that album um, that has Messi on it, which is the track, is from his first ever album, Pierre, which is on his YouTube page. The whole album is on his YouTube page. But it's not really gotten a lot, obviously, a lot of press. He had articles written about it, but after that, it kind of just went silent. Like, I knew yeah. about it, and some others knew about it, and I listened to it again. I'm like, this fits perfectly what I'm trying to do. I'm just going to put it in there and see. And I tell you, I got, a, I got like four texts the next day, one of from him in all caps. And it was just like, the intro video is fire. People love it. <laughs> no, it's great. You you picked the perfect part of the song. Like the beat's awesome, which obviously is like a lot of uh, you know, like that's credit to Javale. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's all. I appreciate that. That's all. That's all him. And I just try to. I just try to make uh, make it look good. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, there's, so, there's a lot. There's a lot we're gonna put out, and I, I just can't wait for the world to see it. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll translate that. I'm assuming you mean like them, just like you know, like making fun of the Blazers and like uh, in scouting like uh, rooms and whatever. Like I'm sure that they're uh, like like that. <laughs> that's the part you got to leave that out until after they sweep them. I think you don't have yeah, to comment that's, on that's, that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what we all wish for. Let's just say that. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I wish that's what it was, but uh, it's it's a it's a more it's more so. The only hint I'll give it's kind of some more behind the scenes, very much team bonding type things um which is cool all right now we can we can cut this part out so the nba doesn't hear but i have to ask you like are there any plans for javel to uh like forge some type of like you know familial connection to you or something like uh you know like just like fit like your long lost cousin or something like that like to get you into the bubble to make this process easier at all like any uh like again we we can cut this or you know like like just nba stop listening like this is just us talking yeah, it's just us talking to me. Please, you know, I'm light skinned enough. They know, like, I'll, it could work. <laughs> um, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We again, like I said, I'm like, would I'm you very... go? Would you go? Like, in, in all, like outside oh, of the without a heartbeat. Meant, like, if you could without go. a heart in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I'd be there. In a heartbeat, I wanted to go. I wanted to go from the start. Because... Yeah, see, I actually was the opposite. I was like, I would, I didn't want to go because, like, I, you know, like full disclosure, I'm like a huge germaphobe, and I was like, you know, I read the bubble plan, and I was like, okay, mm -hmm. it sounds like they have a plan. I'm just not sure if I would feel comfortable. Like, yeah, it's basically like a large trust fall, essentially. Yep, you know what? Let's trust that yeah. Let me take it. Let me take it back. Let me take what I yeah. said back. At first, I was very like, no, I'm cool. The only reason was is because, as you can attest now, being married, I told my wife the plan, and she was like. <laughs> you were going to be gone for almost three months. I'm like, well, yeah, knock on wood, they win a championship. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> okay. I would have missed so, my wedding. So like that was, a, that was probably <laughs> even more of a non-starter right. than you were dealing with. Exactly. So I was like, okay, no, but I kept closely. But as, as I started getting the vlog footage in and I, I it was right after the first one, I watched it and I went and talked to her and I said, babe, I got to somehow get down there. I don't know how, but we need it. Like it's got to happen. She's like, so you're going to go for two and a half months? I'm like, if I could, yes. But you got to see this. And she watched the first episode before you put it out. She's like, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, that's almost a you were right. Like, as I've learned a week and a half into marriage, like that, that's big right there. That's a big time. It's a, yeah. Listen, you take your wins where you can get them sometimes. And I took that win and I wrote it for a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, I hope so. I hope I can be down there, um, especially during this playoff run. Like I said, this 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 is – as a lot of people have said, and I didn't realize, I didn't. I thought it was overrated until people said it, but this is really the toughest season. So, like, seeing the things that I've seen, 
on the vlogs or, or in conversations I've had with, uh, you know, JaVale or other my athlete clients down there, like, it is tough. Like, it looks like we make it look like they are at this, you know, this, this amazing vacation that just basketball happens to be around. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of outlying things that is starting to, we're getting to the part now to where it's taking a toll on the mental, um, because you're seeing the same things every day. Yeah. Um, another one of my athletes, I work with Troy Daniels, he just released an episode. Um, and literally in the first part, he says, like, I think the bubble is getting to me. It's just seeing the same thing every day, repetition, same food, same people, same, like, there's no break from it. Um, so we're it's getting like to being that at work all the time, essentially. It, it, it is being at work all the time. You're yeah. In, it's so you know that's that's why I think now and it's this is starting to happen now during a playoff run. Yeah. So this is where I'm like things are going to get interesting for a lot of teams and I want to kind of see that in person. Um, so I hope so. I hope we can make it happen. Um, we'll figure out if I can go as like a second, third, fourth, fifth cousin, whatever I got to be. You know, on his mama's side. Yeah, no, this is your chance. We'll we'll cut that whole last discussion, and then this is your chance to just be like, actually, I am Javale's cousin, so I will be going yeah. to. Uh, you know, you can just say that, and we can get that on. Yeah, actually, my then. my my last name is Disney McGee, so it's fine. <laughs> it's, just, it's fine. I just don't use the last name so people don't realize we're related. All the yeah, time. no, I, it's a, you know, Disney is your, uh, it's like your pen name, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, like, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time today. Yeah. I, like, you've been really generous. Like, just, is there anything else about this, like, about the process, about the vlog that we didn't get to that, like, you feel like fans should know about, like, you know, just everything that goes into this, basically? Um, uh, it's, it's a giant creative process, and I'm glad the world is enjoyed it. Um, obviously, it takes a lot longer than you might think, right? This a lot of people think it's just like point, shoot, edit. What's that like twenty five minutes? Like, no, this takes days. Like this, from the download time, right? Like I'm downloading giant yeah. files. Sometimes that takes a full day. Just I was gonna to say that's probably files. honestly the longest step in the process, depending on your internet connection. It's like that, and then I download it, and then I have to watch every individual clip to see yeah. what's worth it, what's not worth it. Um, you know, what audio I can use. Cause there's times where like, you know, the audio cuts out. He has the same tech problems that you would see the media have. Yeah. The mic wasn't plugged in all the way. Color balance was off. Things were blown out. We've all done that. (laughs) We've all done it. So you, so I expect, but people don't realize they expect athletes just in general to be perfect in everything they do. Just because as you said earlier, like people love to tie their financial gain to like whatever talent they have you're like yo listen this isn't this isn't that like yeah this is a whole different situation well also they expect them to have like uh you know the the mythical camera that does not make mistakes essentially like you know there's still like settings right. and stuff like that that you have to mess with like the stuff gets messed up it happens right more they get they think. get special cameras that just say perfect shot and they just yeah. click it and go and you're like wow that that edited it too that's crazy yeah um and that's why I'm, that's why honestly i'm glad matisse is doing his and showcasing that he's doing it so people realize, like, because as soon as I released the veils, he was like, we got to keep doing them. Like, hey, man, like, as excited as you are, I'm grateful. I'm not staying up for four straight days <laughs> to do all that. And, like, we were releasing, you know, we've been releasing three a week, essentially. We're telling it down a little bit for the playoff run, again, to be respectful for the guys to stay, keep focused and yeah, not lose, you know, not come across as being not aware of what's going on. But like that's why people are like why isn't Matisse only doing once a week I'm like the kid is playing basketball and he's editing like he's showing you why this takes so long 
So yeah. I'm glad you guys are respecting it finally. No, and he even like he, he's even had a couple shots where he's opened up his like uh his like editing window, and you see like how many different like in Premiere and how many different yeah. little and they're clips like that are like an inch like less than that long and yeah. stuff like that, just like clipping them all together. Like it takes time. Like I, I'm not good at video editing, but I have done it, and like it is hard. Like it, it takes is time. it is it, it takes time, and especially good video editing. Yeah. Um, because I can I can throw like I said a hodgepodge of stuff together. And like here you go, and then you're gonna be like this looks like crap. I'm like, well, you wanted it so fast. There's yeah. A uh, meme I read today that says uh, I gotta find it, but it's like high quality video, uh, fast fast execution, and um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the third one, but it was one of those like Venn diagram or something. And he's like, you can't have all three of these things. You can only get one of the oh cheap budget. That's what the other one was. And you can only get two of the three. You can never get all three because something's always going to be lost in that. Um, and it makes sense because it's, it, it's a tough situation. Um, but in regards to just the vlog and things like that, uh, the biggest thing we're trying to do now is we're trying to get JaVale to a million subscribers. Uh, we saw this road to a million. He got a silver play button award. Uh, something what T's got. But he's actually, his numbers, I don't think we spoke about this, his numbers on, the, on his YouTube channel and things like that have grown immensely since we've started this. When we started it, he had only 37,000 um, YouTube subscribers. We're now at, I believe, over 575,000 and climbing um, in just a month. And the goal now is to keep that going, um, to get him to the road to 1 million and allow us to do more things and more team takeovers. We've got plans now thinking about like what to do. Um, I started thinking about plans now what to do like postseason, next season. Um, because next season is going to be a, another journey. And how do we, how do we capture that for people to see, even with the general media? Cause this is going to be all, all a journey. So this is kind of step one now of a longer term plan that we really didn't expect it to become. And we're just excited for the possibilities. Well, look, if you want to do like a, like a spinoff episode, like life outside the bubble, like for a blogger or something like that. Like I, I'm just, I, I know people who could, uh, who could help you out. Like I, I could film with a camera, like my walk from the couch to my laptop and back Perfect. again, like 30 times a day, like film myself watching a game, like and typing. Like I, I, I think there's maybe a market for that too. Like people might be interested. You never know. Hey people, you never, you never <laughs> <laughs> oh, people want to lock in on. People will be like, "Yo, that's fascinating." How he's on couch sit number twenty six. Look at wow, him. he got oh. coffee again. That seems like yeah. a lot. Like, yeah, is he gonna make? It? Yeah, let's. Let's see, let's see how this transpires in a 15 minute video. <laughs> um, no, but so like in the, in the quest for a million subscribers, I would recommend that you not take that idea if I'm being honest. Um, but like, where can, where can the seven people that have made it this far and are not already subscribed go and uh, bump up those numbers and just like plug anything you want to plug and like uh, it just before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'll plug, I'll plug the YouTube develop. Uh, YouTube.com uh, slash Javel McGee. It's that simple. We haven't we made it simple enough for people to find. You'll find all episodes of uh, Life in the Bubble in there, and uh, a lot more other stuff we've done too. We got a couple other uh, vlogs we got coming up soon as well that are outside of the bubble things we filmed during the season um, that we haven't shown yet. Some behind the scenes of that um, pre stable center and thing, uh, pre bubble. I mean, uh, in the stable center. So uh, go to that. Obviously, his all his social platforms, Javel McGee. Um, one platform I want to plug while I got a second is Twitch. JaVale's on Twitch, games with games with fans, JaVale McGee 88. Also, Quinn Cook, uh, one of my clients as well. He has a YouTube page, and he's on Twitch. You might have noticed when he broke 2K with uh, LeBron and AD. So, yes, um, I, was, I, I helped mastermind that as well as, <laughs> to use your word. Um, 
So check them all out. Check all the content those guys are doing. But at no, the I remember. Time, I think he crashed 2K servers with that, if I remember correctly. Because that so was many a hell of a night. On. Yeah, that was a hell of a night for me. Yeah, probably was, for 2K too. I'd imagine. <laughs> like, yeah, they're poor programmers. Like, when Ronnie 2K tweets and says thanks a lot, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh shit, sorry, man. Like, like Quinn, I, maybe I, next time, just LeBron or AD. Maybe not both uh, at the I, same it time. It was, it was, uh, it was a chaotic, chaotic time to the point where I think. I had never had to mod because Twitch allows you to moderate the chat. I've never personally had to moderate it. I had to I had to shut his chat off because of how many people were in there. I think he got at one point he had like twenty thousand people watching him. That's it was insane. Insane because then Bron because then LeBron James son Bronny James like sent his followers to go watch it. Like all it was chaos and Sports Center picks it up, Bleacher Report picked it up, uh, Complex picked it up. So now my phone is ringing. I'm I. So one of the things I do is I remote in. I have a gaming computer myself, but I remote into my clients' computers to help them out with their streams. And I'm like, oh my god, dude! Like you're, this is crazy. Like your specs are going off the shade, and to the point where we're like, hey, we gotta log off because then people were so many people were trying to join their game that LeBron LeBron couldn't get into a game. They kept jumping <laughs> in to be like AD and Quinn, and then LeBron would be like stuck like in the clip trying to get into the zone in the park and people were like, no, 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 me, me. Yeah. The clips <laughs> like, of everyone just following them around. Like as somebody who doesn't play like 2k online at all, because like I just suck at sports video games, um, ironically, and also real sports. But um, it was just hilarious. Like watching like people react to that. And like, it, it literally was exactly what you think would happen if like LeBron and AD showed up in like your 2k park and you know, everybody just wanted to hang with them. But and it reminded you know, me, yeah. If you looked at LeBron's mentions stuff. on Twitter ever, you can imagine why you had to, uh, moderate that chat a little bit and probably shut it down after a while yeah that's that's a good way to put that (laughs) all right well anyway I've taken up like I think far more of your time than I asked you for originally and I really appreciate you jumping on with me and kind of giving people a look into the behind the scenes I think this was a really fun conversation and uh but you know just thank you for like taking the time today hey man no this has been an absolute blast I'm glad that we were able to go over time this conversation has been fun um I hope everybody enjoys it and and thank you again so much All right, go subscribe to JaVale McGee on YouTube, and Christian and I will be right back. Playoff basketball came back on Monday. Nuggets-Jazz was a surprisingly, like, really fun game. I think it was you or somebody else I followed that tweeted about the Nuggets-Jazz series being the NBA TV series. Um, I did tweet that. I did not, (laughs) again, like I stand by that tweet from, it was written from the perspective of teams that generalized NBA fans care about. It was Uh not a commentary on the watchability of that series, but it also kind of was, I didn't really want to watch that one, but (laughs) the game was pretty awesome. It sounds like. It was great. I was uh, admittedly when, when I was doing the press conference with uh, LeBron Vogel in, um, who was the other Crusoe? It was hard. It was hard to stay locked in on that because that game was going on in the back. Uh, it seems Jordan Clarkson still has a clear disdain for the Nuggets, um, and I'd like to think that has to do with the stunt Jamal Murray pulled on Lonzo Ball in his rookie season. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, hey, look, you, you don't beat yourself up too much. Kevin O'Connor asked question while like uh, while online gaming. Uh, you know, like a couple weeks ago. So I think like, I think you're still in the clear. Like you were still technically watching something associated with your job. <laughs> I w- it would be like me playing, uh, 
what's the one game you wouldn't be able to play while asking a question and a conference call? Mm, I don't know. I feel like like The Last of Us, just because you'd be like really like engrossed on like what's going on. Like I, I play a lot of games while listening to podcasts. That was not one of them for me. Yeah. Um, so like I could play Borderlands or something like that while like uh, while on one of those calls. I, I can't, I could, you know, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to not say that I haven't done that during like certain work <laughs> meetings or something like that. I could not play Fall Guys during a conference call or while I'm attempting to ask a question. Harrison, if you haven't played it already, I, I, I have. strongly encourage incredibly you frustrating, but very fun at the same time. I have not came in first yet. I came in second um, last week. So that was, I a, was, I was in first for the entirety of a race and then I fell off the map, uh, <laughs> like, uh, last night. So I was pretty pissed. Uh, but that is not the crown the Lakers are chasing this season. It is the NBA championship. Well, look, and- by the end of the bubble, they might be, you know, like they may, they may be really into fall guys by then. Um, the new, the new gone fishing is going to be gone playing fall guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, LeBron spent a good amount of his press conference actually talking about the Lakers gaming endeavors with um, Madden. I thought yeah. that was really interesting. <laughs> uh, but that is, that is not the tournament that they are at least most concerned with the uh, NBA playoffs again, started on Monday. We'll pick back up on Tuesday, uh, not with Lakers Blazers, but it will be the most interesting game in my opinion that will be played that day. Uh, it is most relevant to us. Harrison, any last-minute predictions going into this series? How many games do you think it will go to? I, I'm fairly certain this is going to get wrapped up in five games. I don't know how you feel. No, that <laughs> I think it'll go four games. I don't – so – you Oh, you think four. Okay. Yeah. That, oh, that's right. You tweeted that yesterday. Okay, all right. I respect you for going further than I was willing to. Health-permitting. There is no scenario. Okay, to put it into context, Damian Lillard had to put up video game numbers for the Trailblazers to beat the Mavericks by like a teeny bit, by a very small margin. My biggest source of optimism and in Dallas this had series, to collapse down the stretch too. Right. My biggest source of optimism for this series is Hassan Whiteside. Zach Collins is not going to be healthy for Tuesday's game. Hassan Whiteside will spend a lot of time guarding Anthony Davis, which is good news for the Lakers. Yeah, I I will tell you, when we were watching those two games over the weekend, I literally laughed out loud multiple times (laughs) watching Hassan Whiteside defend the rim. Uh, Like, look, he's a guy that gets blocked. So, like, people think he's, like, a good defender. He's not at this point, at least not on an every-night basis. And I know, like, Laker fans or some in my mentions are a little worried about him because of how good he was during the most recent game these two teams played. I believe he was, like, 13 to 14 from the field. That has not been him uh, for the majority of the season, I will say. So, like, you know, there's a chance he goes off in one of these games or something, but I I think that is a matchup the Lakers are going to get the better of more often often than not and look like Nurk is a big body who's had a pretty good time in the bubble um he's put up some pretty impressive stat lines stat lines we were used to seeing before he got hurt uh and missed the amount of time he did like by all accounts especially given the circumstances he played well Yusuf Nurkic cannot move on the defensive end like 
And Anthony Davis can. Anthony Davis can move really well on both ends. And assuming Anthony Davis wasn't on the team, which he is, they have another guy on the team named LeBron James, and he tends to play pretty well in the playoffs. Yeah, and, like, Nurkic has almost fouled out in every single game that the Blazers have played. Like, you think, like, AD, with all the free throws he racks up, isn't going to try and go right? Like, that's going to be on the Lakers scouting report in, like, one of the top three bullet points. And he's a good free throw shooter. Like, yeah. Um, the but I think the reason you're willing to go five games and a lot of people are willing to see this series go more than four games is because of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Yeah, I just can't see Dame not going off and winning the Blazers one game. Like I think that there will be one night where the Lakers don't shoot well enough to like outscore them and can't stop him well enough. Like yes. I, there, it will happen at some point. I just think that the Lakers' strengths outweigh the like the, the. This is an interesting series in that both teams are strong where the other is weak, and I think that the Lakers attacking that weakness is going to go better for them than the Blazers attacking that weakness. And I have more faith in the Lakers figuring out something to kind of slow down Dame than I do in the Blazers figuring out like anything to do about LeBron short of like trying to injure him my source of pessimism starts with Dame's ability and and CJ's ability to knock down three-point shots and uh, honestly with the way Gary Trent Jr. is playing you can even throw Gary Trent Jr. in there and but it, it starts with Dame but it also has to do with the Lakers shooting because I think at that point, if Dame, CJ, and Gary are lighting it up from behind the three-point line and LeBron James and Anthony Davis are getting whatever they want at will in the paint, uh, it becomes a numbers game and three is more than two. So that is the only reason I'm a little concerned. But even then, like given the Trailblazers' three-point efficiency um, and just the supporting cast they have, I, I'm not, not too worried. I, this could end up fighting me in the end but I again I'm I'm pretty confident are you concerned that the Blazers throwing so many people at LeBron and AD is going to lead to Alex Caruso having a 20-point game and you having to get a tattoo no okay no. <laughs> and, and I don't doubt that it's going to result in Caruso getting those looks uh but I mean I think he said himself at practice today that he's feeling like okay <laughs> I don't know if he's ready to dunk on Nurkic or, or anybody at this point. So um and with the way he shot in the seeding games, it's not it's not something I'm too worried about, but uh I do have the money put aside. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean are you how confident are you in this four games thing? Like are you willing to put some skin in the game? Like are you no. willing to like like make like another like are we gonna do like another tattoo bet or anything like no. that? No. I, I think see I am I am very confident in my fight in my like this doesn't go longer than five games prediction. And I'm so confident that I think in the spirit of, you know, we are a, po- we are a podcast tandem and it's, it's kind of like a marriage, which, you know, I've had for about a week and a half and I'm now an expert on um, it, where you have to distribute things equally and you both have to take on equal burdens. And I think if you're going to make a potentially very easily to backfire bet, like I think I should too. And like, if the, if the, this goes longer then five games, uh, I will shave my head. I will, I will finally come home, and uh, I'm, I'm willing to do it. Like, if this series goes longer than five games, outside of I'm going to put an asterisk, like, if AD or LeBron get hurt, that yeah, does not count. That is invalid. 
like if one of those guys gets hurt. But as long as they stay healthy and suit up, this is not going longer than five games, and that's how confident I am in it. Harrison, I don't know if um, like the bald head and mustache combo would look the best. So no, I I, I'm growing out game. the beard just in case right <laughs> now. I'm growing it back out. Well, um, I mean, more power to you. I hope. And I'm, I'm not right. saying like bald. Like I'm, I will shave my head. I don't know that I'm gonna go do like straight razor <laughs> so that it's like down to the skin. But like, yeah. I will shave my head. It's uh, and it's if it ends in less than five games, or if it goes beyond five. If it goes beyond five games, no, I'm not like, I'm not like, (laughs) I'm so confident this is going seven that no, uh, no, if it goes beyond five games. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're okay there. Me making grand proclamations about Lillard has never gone wrong before. So, (laughs) I don't think either of us. I I think you'd be a fool to uh, discount Damian Lillard, but you were a fool then too. So, um, yeah. No, I look, I haven't called him any of my slander nicknames yet. I'm saving that for potentially after a series. Um, but like, I will not, you know, out of respect to, out of respect to the Lakers, out of respect to especially, you know, my internet stepdad, Coach Pete, uh, I, I will continue to refer to him as uh, Mr. Lillard or Dame throughout this series. <laughs> and if you don't, I mean, he makes diss tracks, Harrison. There is a strong possibility that you end up on one. Well, I, w- I said this on the Blazers Edge podcast yesterday. Like, honestly, that would be like a top five career moment if he like sampled something I said on a podcast as like a <laughs> here's to all the haters like anthem or something. Like, that would be hilarious. Next to um, Kobe retweeting you and God, what are some other ones as, as uh, far as like player interaction? I mean, like Kuzma also dunked on me one time. Like, are we going low lights now? <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, as far as Kobe player, tweeting you was kind of dunking on you too. No, it was definitely dunking yeah. on me. It was not kind of like he he very <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Um, and you know, hey, I respect it. Like, if I had that large of a platform and somebody was making fun of my videos, I absolutely would have went at them too. So, like that, you know, that was that was why Kobe is one of the best to ever do it. I would not expect less. I, I did not expect him to actually see the tweet. But uh, having seen it, I, I, w- I honestly would have respected him less if he had not done it. So I, I appreciated it. It was a fun memory. So, yeah, you know, maybe this can go up there and, like, Dame can just play this audio of, like, this segment where I – and, like, and the video of me shaving my head as I cry. <laughs> That'll be the cover art. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. It'll just be a song called Blog Boys or something like that. <laughs> uh, well, that's our show for this week. Harrison, I could not be more excited for the Lakers to be back in the playoffs. I think as we've covered this team, um, or I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but as I've covered this team over the years, my emotional attachment to this team has grown like far less by the year. Uh, but it is one of those things where it's like, it's been seven years since they last played. Uh, when they did last play, Kobe was still on the team. Um, and it's been like, obviously it's not as bad as some other franchises, but it has been a long time coming. Uh, and a rebuild that was ugly at yeah. no point where like the Lakers on the brink of something, even last year when they signed LeBron James, get yeah, they were back at square one this past summer. So, um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little excited. Um, 
just to cover them, but but also to watch their games. No, I, I get like wistful too, because like I just think about where I was the last time they were in the playoffs. Like I was right. still a diehard, diehard fan, and so like you know if, if this is if this could not be more exciting. Like this is what we've both been waiting for. I think is like yeah. a chance to cover a playoff run and like actually like talk about talk about and write about and do video about and whatever. Like games actually matter. And like the, these games actually like it finally really, really matters now. Not that they, like they mattered this year, too. That's how they got to where they are. But like these games really, really matter. And yeah. it's like it's, it's do or die at this point. And like I, I'm excited to cover it. I, I think I'm excited about what we have coming at Silver Screen Roll for the playoffs. And uh, like I, I'm, I'm excited to continue working with you. And this is the series that uh, will propel us into being in documentaries one day yeah <laughs> this lakers team yeah that's what, that's what we hope they're like here's the guy who cried as he shaved his head after Dan <laughs> beat him. uh all right guys well that's our show for this week uh thank you for tuning in and we will talk to you again next week